Good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, I praise the Lord every time when I get the opportunity to worship uh, with you, my dear brothers and sisters of UPC. You know what? It's a very special experience when we started the Kindred, Kindred Family Project. Uh, a week ago, my family was in vacation. We, were, we went to uh, the Cannon Beach Christian Conference Center. When we eat the meal together, we meet the friends. They are from Seattle too. And when we talk, I found, I found out that they are uh, worship at UPC. So we feel so close, yeah. So uh, before I came to preach today, uh, Pastor George wrote me an email. He said, uh, uh, Alex, just think this is your church. This is your congregation. I really have the feeling this is my church, my congregation. You know what? I still have, I'm excited, but still anxious, nervous because of the language. <laughs> so it's always an honor to share, to preach God's word with you. Today, let me start my message with a simple story. I have a friend uh, at ECC. He shared with me his story re recently. He is the youngest child in his family, and his oldest brother is almost 20 years older than him. His father passed away when he was pretty young. He feels like he doesn't know much about his father. His father graduated uh, from a, a very famous uh, Chinese military academy uh, called Huangpu. And uh, uh, later on, he became a military officer during the World War II. In China, the war, uh, it was called the uh, China-Japan War. His father actually was a hero. If you know the Chinese history, you will know that immediately after the China-Japan War, it was a Chinese Civil War, where the communists fought with the nationalists uh, called Kuomintang. My friend's father was in the Kuomintang set. After the Civil War, the Chinese Communist Party started to rule over the whole country. You can imagine his father experienced the hardship for several decades. And from my friend's memory, his father has been always uh, very quiet, very silent, not like to speak anything. So his father's history was a puzzle in my friend's mind. He even didn't know his father was a hero in the China-Japan War when his father was alive. In recent years, he began to study his father's history. He contacted the government archives and the different history museums. He visited relative, uh, relevant people to collect the documents containing materials regarding to his father. He even planned to go to Taiwan to check 
uh, archives. His sharing touched my heart. He tries so hard because he desires to know his father more. You see, knowing a father is way more difficult than knowing a son. When, you, when your son was born, you brought him up and know almost everything about him. So you understand him well. However, there must be a lot of, of your father's experiences that you have no way to know. What your father uh, have been doing with your mother when you were born. If you have uh, elderly siblings, what did your father play with them before you? And even before your parents got married, what did your father do? So the, all things are difficult to know as a child. But if you wish to understand your father, you have to know him. And this is an important truth for our faith. If we want to understand God's will, we have to know him, know Jesus Christ, our Lord, understand his heart, and join him in what he's doing. This is our mission. That's why we need to know Jesus. This summer, I know we have a, a, a short theory uh, called Joining Jesus. I know in the very beginning, the planning was uh, knowing Jesus. Actually, they are linked together. When we know our Lord, we will act uh, and join, join in his work. It's a great for me to join this Joining Jesus series. From the seven statements of uh, I am that Jesus claimed in the Gospel of John, we would know Jesus more and we would join him in our action. Today's task is uh, I am the shepherd. So bef before uh, other pastors preached, uh, I am the bread, I am the light, I am the gate. Today is uh, I am the shepherd. Let me read you the scripture first before we share uh, the, the message. The scripture for today is uh, from the uh, Gospel of John, uh, chapter 10, uh, from verse 11 through 20, 21. I will read the, uh, the New International Version. Uh, you may uh, read other translations as reference because the wording are a little bit different, but the meaning is the same. Uh, let me read it to you. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know, 
me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. The two, uh, they too will listen to, to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes, uh, takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard those words were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and a raving uh, man. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the, the word we read today. The central point for this passage is this question. Why does shepherd mean when Jesus says, I am the shepherd? To know Jesus as a shepherd, we need to find the answer from the text. Actually here, Jesus teaches the three basic truths about our life. What does the shepherd mean? First of all, it means the shepherd is a savior. He delivers us. Secondly, the shepherd means he is our Lord. He, uh, he owns us. The third, the shepherd is a father, is a ruler. He knows us. Let's share them one by one. First, from the claim of Jesus, we know the shepherd is our savior, savior because he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Why would he need to lay down his life? A shepherd has to uh, lay down his life the reason is simple, because the wolf, the wolf is coming. Because of the wolf. When the wolf attacks the flock, the shepherd laid down his life to deliver the sheep. The Palestinian shepherds are different from the shepherds in other places of the world. It's very interesting. Because of the lake of water, the Palestinian shepherds has to bring the flag to the desert in certain season. He have to bring the uh, flag through the deserts to chase the water and find grass and for a few months in some season. If you have chance to visit the Holy Land, you may understand. In the desert, we look First look on the desert, you feel like it's so dry, even no a drop of water. But if you hear from the local people, they will tell you, stand, standing there is very dangerous because there are such things called wadi. 
when the when the water the flood come out it's really dangerous but the water is always moving so the shepherd need to bring the sheep to different place to chase the water and find the grass and there are dangerous situation in the desert sheep are not smart animals <laughs> it's true they depend on the shepherd to help them stay safe from water and the grass, keeping correct directions. They are easy to get lost. When they got lost, they depend on the shepherd to find them and bring them back. And most important, the shepherd defends the dangerous wild animals and protects the flock. In the desert, sheep need their severe, severe. So the shepherd is a severe. This is why Jesus used this figure of speech to deliver a truth to his uh, audience. We human beings are so like the sheep and we need to depend on our severe. We are born with problems. How many times in our life we encountered dangers and fell into different problems? Living in this world, there are many temptations, and we tend to fall into them by nature. We need help to break the bundle of sins, and we need salvation. Jesus came to save us, and he died on the cross to finish the salvation, and he paid the price of our sins. However, not everyone understands that we need the salvation. Many people don't see the essence of our problem and believe that we have the ability to solve our problems ourselves. The situation of the Palestinian sheep may help us to realize our situation. So knowing Jesus, the shepherd, is the savior, would help us to receive the salvation through Jesus Christ. Our shepherd delivers us to give us life from the eternal death. He not only gives us life, but also he promises us to give gave us abundant life. A little bit earlier than the scripture we just read, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some translations said, and have the abundant life, have it abundantly. To receive the salvation, we also receive uh, ability to live out an abundant life. Because of our Savior is also our designer. He knows how we may live out a satisfied life. And we must know him so that we may follow his instruction. This is the first point. The second, the shepherd is also the, the Lord because he owns us. Jesus used the hired hand 
to show the contrast of the laying down life shepherd. And he says, the hired hand does not own the sheep. He used the word own. He said the hired hand does not own the sheep. That's why he will run away when the wolf comes. So Jesus, the shepherd, owns the sheep. There were two kinds of shepherd in Palestine during Jesus' time. If we study the background history of that time, we have to say shepherd in that time had a very bad reputation. I'm not sure if this surprised you. Uh, if we grow up with the scriptures, we always read uh, the shepherds. He's so kind. He laid down his life and he helped us. But indeed, uh, back in the Jesus time in Palestine, the shepherd has a very bad reputation. Let me give you some uh, historical evidence. In a rabbi's list of uh, thieving and uh, cheating occupations, we found that of the shepherd. Like the publicans and the tax gatherers, shepherds was deprived, deprived uh, of civil rights and they could not fulfill a judicial office or be admitted in court as evidences, uh, as, as witnesses. This is why Jesus emphasizes a good shepherd because there were bad shepherds. But here, Jesus even did not call them as shepherd, but the hired hand. They are not reliable. They, are, they don't care of the sheep. Actually, it is reasonable. The hired hand runs away when the, when the wolf comes. They, they work for money. And if their life were threatened, threatened, of course, they consider their life over the sheep. The good shepherd is the owner of the sheep. He has a special relationship with the sheep. And he will lay down his life for the sheep. In Jesus' time, the owners do the shepherding work themselves too. So they were shepherds, and they were the good shepherds. In this metaphor, Jesus actually emphasizes the ownership. Our shepherd owns us, and he is our Lord. As some Bible expositors said, the climax of the revelation in this discourse is when Jesus says that, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. This indicates other than Jewish Christian. He also owns believers in Gentiles. And in God's eyes, they are no different and will be one flag. He is a shepherd for both. This is a clear 
kindred idea, right? And this is the idea of God. Regardless of the colors of our skins, what cultural differences we have, and what languages we speak, we have one shepherd, and he is our Lord. If one day we will be one flag, we have to practice it from now on. And we are practicing it right now. So after one week, the, the next, next Tuesday, it will be another time we will have a kindred prayer together. This time we'll be in ECC, Redmond Campus. I'm looking forward to seeing you over there. Uh, when we come to know the truth of ownership of the shepherd, how should we practice this truth in our daily life? I believe the biggest practice is to obey our Lord. He is our, our Lord, our owner, so we should obey to him. Jesus says, lay down my life for the sheep, and this command I received from my father. He also says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life. Jesus shows the best example of obedience. He listened to his father and obeyed to him. But we, Jesus expects that we do the same. But we still have challenges in practicing obedience. We live in a chaotic world and listen to many different, different voices. To be honest, it is not easy to listen to listen our shepherd's voice. We prefer to listen to the voices of physicians, medical doctors, the voices of scientists and the voices of the world, worldly authorities. However, the shepherd's voice is in the Bible and it never changes. The scientists and the world, worldly authorities always change. I want to share you a small story. Recently, I visited my family doctor and he told me one thing. By the way, he is a really good doctor. He, what he told me, he told me, he said, Alex, you should stop taking the baby's aspirin. Uh, because uh, a few years ago, he, he told me to take uh, the baby aspirin every day. He said, this is uh, in purpose of uh, reducing the, the, uh, the chance of uh, uh, to be stroke, uh, to stroke. And this time he asked me to stop taking the baby uh, aspirin. I asked him why, and he answered me. He said, the recent research showed it wouldn't help, but may cause some other problems. This is a, the scientific change, right? Uh, the similar things, we can, we can count the several examples. It's easy to find. Another example is about eating eggs. We, uh, the same doctor, he told me before, he said, uh, Alex, you cannot eat three, more than three eggs every week. I, I'm the person who loves to eat chicken eggs. If you, 
if you allow me, one day I can eat three. So, but, but he said, this is a, this is a help your health. And uh, recently, the doctors changed their, uh, 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 changed the rule. He said that the eggs is not the thing cause the cholesterol mostly. So some doctors said it's okay to eat a little bit more. And also another example is whether an infant should sleep facing down or facing up. So I, I remember when, my, when my, my son was born 17 years ago, the doctor said that traditionally the baby were, uh, when, when the baby's sleeping, he facing up. Uh, oh, well, no, the very beginning is facing up. Then the doctor said it's better to facing down. And when my, my son was born, the doctor said, nowadays it's changing again. You lead your baby to facing up. So the scientists always have different theories, and all, they all change. The world always changes, but we should have wisdom to obey the real authority of our owner and the Lord. This is the second, second point. The third, our shepherd is also our heavenly father and our ruler. Because in this discourse, Jesus mentioned his father. He said, my father knows me and I know my father. Who is his father? We all know this is the creator and the ruler of the universe. In the ancient East tradition, shepherd often, often used to indicate king. Like ancient Sumerian uh, documents, the king is uh, described as the shepherd appointed by deity. And in the Old Testament, it's similar. Shepherd indicates the king, ruler, and even God. This is so common in the Old Testament. When Jesus says he is the shepherd, he tells us he is God and our king. But surprisingly, he does not see anything about discipline, punishment, or lording us. Instead, he says he knows the Father like the Father knows him. He teaches his sheep should know him and listen to his voice. God is our ruler, but he uses love to rule us. When David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he also says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff designed to punish sheep, but the Lord's rod and the staff is to comfort, and he rules with his mercy. The best ruler rules with his knowledge of his people. He knows his people. He know what we need, and he provide. This requires people know him and listen to his voice. Do people know God's voice? The last part of the passage gives us two examples. The Jews who heard those words were again divided. Many of them said, this demon possessed and uh, raving man 
Why listen to him? This is one, this is one example. But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? They see the witness, they, they see the miracle, what Jesus did. So they have a different thought. Standing in the same place and listening the same speech, but they have different understanding and made different decisions. We need wisdom to listen God's voice. May God grant us true wisdom to know him and listen to his voice. As today's Christians, we have a big blessing, which is that we have easy accesses to the Bible and that we have so many opportunities to learn how to understand God's word in a correct way. God's voice is in the Bible, but we live in a noisy world. We need to practice differentiating the worldly noises and the voice of God so that we may know God, know his will and his plan, and join Jesus. That will be our big blessing. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, dear Jesus Christ, we thank you for the revelation you gave to us in the Gospel of John. We know you are our shepherd. You are the good shepherd. You lay down your life to save us. We know we need you. We know you are the Lord. You own us. We know we need to practice the obedience so that we can hear your voice. We know you are mercy God, merciful God. We know you lead us to the water and the, the grass. You give us life and you want to give us an abandoned life. Please give us freedom and lead us to listen to your voice so that we can walk in your way to please you and receive big blessing and you make us a, to a blessing to, to many. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.